From Breaking Bad to Calling Soul, agents led by Son of Call. Oh, Game of Thrones, who's the next to die? House of Cards is full of lies. Supergirl just flew on by. We're chilling, watching Netflix. How much time's gone by? We're talking TV. From suits to supernatural. Talking TV. Blacklist and the Rebels. Sherlock's Big Bang with Orphan Black. True Detective bombed at second crack. The Walking Dead. Arrow and the Flash. Getting a geek, we're talking Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We're up to episode three of season five. My name is Mitch. Joining me, fellow S.H.I.E.L.D.er, Captain Marvel, Matty Gibson himself. What up? Doing, mate. Welcome oh, back. Yeah, talking you. more S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, again, we're, you know... Well, little... I don't want to say it's one of the better shows you review on this channel, but... But... You know, I will. You will. <laughs> and if you don't believe Matty and his disdain for DC TV that I do with uh, Ben and Terry, there is uh, a fair few podcasts to go, but you can still find it. It's uh, Matty's complete review and teardown and burning and naming and shaming of all the uh, Belanti DC TV shows from last season. I still think I went too light. Look, you did surprise me that you didn't go as hard <laughs> as what uh, what we maybe thought you were. But uh, the uh, episode is aptly called Matty's Rant. Long yeah. gestating rant, so you can check that out. But uh, we're talking Marvel here, so uh, no no such concern. We're here right, to talk S.H.I.E.L.D. I hadn't mentioned this going into the last two episodes of our S.H.I.E.L.D. talk. I feel like if you're going to listen, you don't really need me to say this, but I will anyway. This is all spoilers. Like, we don't sort of review the episode without spoiling anything. This is TV. Like, it's 40 well, minutes. Well, and because we're stuck in Australia, too, we're how many months behind yeah. the actual run of the show. Yeah. Which I made fun of, you know, James Corden, as I do in our first record, about how, you know, Australia, we get that, like, the next day. Yeah, and, and behind us, there's a TV behind me where we're currently recording with Ellen on yes. And you said we get Ellen the day after as yes. well. Yep. And also found out when I was watching this episode, because we watched this on uh, Seven Flicks. Yep. Seven Mate is currently playing Family Guy. Mm. The week it plays in the US, we're getting it the same week here in Australia of like the brand, brand new episodes. Oh, At like 10 o'clock, they'll do a they'll do a span of like 10 Simpsons episodes. They'll yeah. do a bunch of old ones. They'll do one new one of the Simpsons and then they're doing new Family Guy like the same week it plays in the US. Yeah. But then we can't get Agents of, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm. It's bizarre. I wouldn't even mind so much, and I hate to bang on this every week, but I wouldn't even mind so much if we got it as soon as ratings started in Australia. Like, it premiered on December 1 over in the States. I think we're out of TV ratings at that point in Australia, mm. and they kick off again in, like, mid-January maybe, like, with the real ratings that people care about. But to wait until, like, mid-March, it's like they went, oh, what else have we got? We're on our fifth channel, what else have we got? Go, oh, get that crap and stick it right. on at 10.30. Like, it's at 7.30, it's, it's prime time, come on. And it's not like they're taking a chance on a new show. Yeah. It's not like they're going, oh, it's a new show, we don't know whether it's going to fly or not, we won't. They've played it on TV before. Hell, uh, they play reruns of season one and two at, like, midday on yeah, the same channel. Yeah. So I'm like, well, what? And we're doing that for the longest period where they weren't screening new season four or new season five. But, look, I, I feel bad because I was so excited. I've obviously got a, a connection with uh, with Channel 7. I deal a lot of uh, with, with, the, with the media and marketing people uh, in my day-to-day job. And I was very excited when they sent out the email to say, hey, 
be aware, new shields coming in uh, in March. And I said, oh, well, I'll, I'll forward you on our reviews, as we tend to do when we do stuff here at the radio. Anything related, we, we forward them on. I thought, I'll do that with our reviews. But so far, all three episodes now, we've managed to say, hey, thanks, but we've got a few problems with what you've done. <laughs> not such the case. It's just we want to get there, and I feel like this problem, it's it, it's not even this show specifically. It's, it's a lot of Australian TV, which I guess we work different hemispheres, then different ratings periods, different holidays and stuff. But the idea that this sort of show is not going out to an older audience that is sitting there with their TV guide, watching free-to-wear TV when that TV guide tells them to watch TV. Mm. This is the age of streaming. It's the age of on-demand. And unfortunately, the target audience for this sort of show, if it's not available, for even if it is available for them to watch, but especially when it's not, they're just going to go online and find it somewhere to stream, download, yeah, pirate, because whatever. Because you want to be part of the conversation. Yeah. You want to be, whether it's on social media or podcasts yep. or anything like that. There's so many TV shows that like I follow on Facebook that I've got to hide from my stream. Yeah. Because two days after the episode airs in the US or wherever it's, wherever it's made, they're posting potential spoilers and stuff like that that mm. I don't want to see. Yep. So it's like, well, if I am going to wait till in this case, months later, it's like, oh, you know, am I going to be one of those people who tries to find a way to... To watch it in a not ethical way, yeah. <laughs> and I know another one you've been really excited about, but for the exact same reasons, is another Marvel type TV show, not connected to the MCU, but Marvel related. Uh, Gifted. Oh my god! Right. Oh. Which I'm glad. I'm glad you're excited because so it excited. is X Men related, and I guess the last big X Men thing we had. Well, actually, I was going to say the last big thing we had Logan since then, and I know you, you're a bit funny on Logan, the first half to the second half. But mm. I was going to say the first thing that came to my mind was Apocalypse, and we we're all let down by Apocalypse. Yeah. Um, can we start off, uh, Lady Baja? So mm. Cassius, not the great villain that we thought. He's sort of like our villain, but he's got a boss that could. I guess, in the end, be the overall villain of the Was story. Was she a boss? Well, I, he certainly wanted to impress her. I got the vibe she was more like a competitor. Like, he was trying to show Yeah, okay, off. fair enough. Like... So maybe, like, we also, we got a separate show called Get Under Gate where we cover Stargate. You could consider them both system lords in a way. Like, yeah. he's inviting a fellow system lord. Not one's higher than the other. He's just like, look, look at my shit. Look what I've got. And yeah, obviously we it's... see why. They both bring their warriors. It, I, f- I felt like it was like Real Housewives of the Cree. Like it was just, you know, <laughs> watch that. They're they're friend. They're well, they're what they're frenemies. Like yeah. they're friends. They don't like each other. Yeah. But they both roll in kind of like higher end circles, and they're just trying to show off. Yeah, to yeah, each yeah. Other. That's what like he, you know, he's trying to make everything amazing for her to show off all this, and then she just doesn't show up. She's like, I prefer to eat on my own ship. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. I, I didn't so much because. I hope she's not the main villain because she didn't seem very menacing. Yeah, to she me. really do a lot. I feel like I recognised mm. the actress, but couldn't quite, you know, pinpoint it while I was watching, and didn't really care in the end because she sort of she fluttered off, and I'm like, are we going to see her again soon? Like, she might not pop up mm. for another three or four episodes. Maybe, I mean, maybe yeah. not at all. Maybe it was just to say, hey, this guy does answer to somebody or have other people that are on his level within the Cree. And we're never going to see her again. So, yeah, it was interesting. It'd be interesting to see where where that goes. Yeah. Now we were speaking last week about that weird ritual, which we didn't really understand towards the end of oh, episode yeah, what they two. Call it the renewal. The renewal. Mm. Yeah. So it's which is again, I guess, has us asking the same questions we did last week. They call it the renewal, which means killing people so that other people can take their jobs, and it's like starting afresh. I'm like, great. That still seems like it's a little bit hazardous to your. Uh, operation within this place because mm. it's not like we're creating any more humans. Earth is gone. Well, and I realised a bit of a hole there as well is 
I understand, like, Phil and Yo-Yo and Mac were kind of cornered in the last episode and forced to put in their metrics. Mm. And that kind of made them sort of trapped, basically. Well, May doesn't have a metric yet. Daisy doesn't have one yet. And if you think about it, at the end of the last episode, she was in the, like, the new framework with mm. Deke. And there was all those people laid out there. So all those people in the in the flop house plus mm. Deke, why won't any of them like what if one of them was chosen for the for the renewal? Yeah. So it's like were they exempt? Were they rich enough that they were never going to be chosen? That's why they're there. Yeah. Or why would you just not hang out there and all the time and yeah. never be never be chosen to as part of the renewal? So I that, didn't. I, I know last week I said, I said it reminded me a little. It's like a purge light. Like that's to yeah. me. It's not like they have. It's not like someone's name drawn out of the list and was like, oh, you've got to die. It's it's almost like. Oh, we hear an alarm go off, and it's like okay, every sector has to kill mm. off one to two people yeah. of their team. It's... But the whole reason Phil, Yo-Yo, and Mac had to get a metric is leading up to the renewal. The crew were walking around scanning everybody, yeah, yeah, so to yeah. me, it felt like okay, they're going around, they're scanning everybody's metric that goes into a database, and the database is going okay. Well, here's the six worst performers. Yeah, right. Okay, yeah, that's and, fair enough. And yep. they're the six that are going to go into the renewal. Mm. Well, what about all the people in the flop house? Mm. A, they weren't scanned. There were no, there were no creep. Cause if they'd gone in there to scan all those people, Daisy would have had to have either hidden or got a metric as well. Mm. Again, we're only on episode three, but I'm like, well, wait a second. If Colson's group and May and all that were with Daisy in the flop house, they never would have had to have got those metrics in the first place. And they yeah. wouldn't be sort of now in slave labor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Baldy head. Um, and even with the three of them working for him, there was that great yo-yo vision scene where yeah. she, you know, she's mucking around with him and and is able to run into his office and grab the, was it the tablet? The, the Cree tablet that, that Phil mm. stole and get it to Daisy. So again, Daisy's still wandering around with no metric and it doesn't seem to have affected her. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit annoyed that they've kind of forced the metrics onto, onto three of the team. Mm. When if they just walked in the other direction or something like that or hidden somewhere, they could have gotten away with not... Yeah, I'm, oh, I'm a that, bit... Yeah, that's why I, I know I said last week too, the, the painting of the picture of, of this... I don't properly understand what this station is because mm. they seem to be under such like a crazy rule of the Cree, but the Cree aren't really present. There's hardly any yeah. of them around. And yet, while they sit like some of them in this slave labor type, place but then everywhere else they just seem to be able to hop into a lift go to a different room yeah. you know, different floor they've got a spaceship that they can go out and mine for yeah, ice and water and all that it's sort of really stuff. strange i don't get the rules of this place yet and then there was jumping over to Gemma's storyline she's got to go and help this new inhuman mm. figure out her powers and that inhuman says every 18 year old goes through the process yeah now haven't hasn't it been established that if you're exposed to terrigen mist you either become an inhuman or you turn to dust? Does anyone live through? No, I mean they didn't. They didn't specifically say they've they have fixed that problem. But the the rule has always been on this show. It's like yeah, if you're exposed to that stuff, if you're inhuman, you live, and if you're a human, you die. So yeah. So how are all these people here? If, mm. if and I went, I rewound it and played it again on my DVR, and the the girl actually says I, I wrote it word for word. Um, that yeah. Every eighteen-year-old, everyone goes through it at eighteen. Yeah, and it's like, well, Tess doesn't seem that much older than eighteen. She'd be what twenty-five at mm-hmm. the most. She must have gone through it a couple of years ago. Yeah. And then what about everyone else? So I just, where are these people coming from? If every eighteen-year-old goes through terogenesis, yeah, 
where is this pop? Why don't? Why doesn't every single person here have powers? Because everyone we've met so far, like your your Virgil, your Deke, your um Tess, as as far as we've we've been told, like they've only ever known life on this station, yeah. right? Like they don't. It feels like they were born there. Yeah, like, and they do say that doesn't doesn't Colson in the last episode say something to Tess about? She's never been somewhere without four walls. Yeah, she's asking like. But where does the oxygen come that's from? That's right. Yeah, and where do you like, make all this air there. if you're out in the open? Yeah, yeah. yeah he's so like, it's just there. And so that's what I'm like. How, I, I, we don't know. It's, it, they're only assuming they're in the future. So we've mm. got to assume they're in the future because this show does run concurrent with the rest of the MCU and yeah. Earth's fine. Might, might not be after April 25 when Thanos comes in and f*** <laughs> it up. But at the moment, it's okay. So we've got to assume they're in the future, but they haven't specifically said how far into the future mm. they are and how far since the earth was destroyed this station is 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 going on yeah. so yeah i'm just again that we don't need all of these big questions like that and the whole paint the picture painted just yet that's half the fun because this show has went from being an episodic storytelling show to a an, an overall seasonal arc. Oh, actually, the best thing about I find about what S.H.I.E.L.D. They is they season, tend... they called it pods, didn't they? They do like like they had... In season four, they had... The Ghost the Rider story. The first half story. of the season was Ghost Rider, and then the second half was um, the framework. Well, it was actually... It was more about the um, LMDs, and then the oh, second right. and then half that, of the LMDs yeah. became the framework. Yeah, yeah. but I but think I that's like where... I feel like the Ghost Rider really yeah. had nothing to do with kind of the second half. No. Was, yeah. And I think that's where S.H.I.E.L.D.'s got a lot better is that it's doing what and we say this you know whether it's been uh, part of the DC chats that you're in or not is that's what these shows need to do if they're not going to limit their episodes from 22 where they're just filling episodes sometimes they're stretching out a 10 episode story to 22 if they're not going to limit them to a 10 episode arc uh, like Game of Thrones or a 13 episode arc like many uh, Netflix series give us two 11 episode arcs you know even as campy as it was even uh, Teen Wolf yeah. The MTV show started doing that. Yeah, right. Because their first season was only like eight or ten episodes. Yeah. And then suddenly they got up to like 22 episodes a season. And that's when they started to suffer with their storylines. Yeah. So then um, like their last couple of seasons, when you'd actually see the DVDs, it was part A and part B. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Suits has done the same thing. Yeah. You get season 7A and season 7B and all that sort of stuff. And they're splitting these 22 episodes. Um, Suits used to do 10 episodes per season. Then they got up to 16, so it's two lots of eight, mm, mm. you know, rather than trying to do that. And so yeah. I, I really like that S.H.I.E.L.D. is doing that. Yeah, because at the moment, I mean, you could look at S.H.I.E.L.D. and go, it's not in its fifth season, it's in its eighth season, you know, yeah. because it has had eight different storylines, you know. And even the first season didn't do that, but it struggled for probably the first 16 episodes. That's That show didn't really know what it was. Mm. And then it tied into Winter Soldier, and that carried it through. And it was the post-Hydra is S.H.I.E.L.D., Storyline that only lasted eight episodes, but it was the best eight episodes of that season by far. Yeah, and it actually had a story rather than just up oh, hero of the week, up oh, villain of the week, up oh, super powered freak of the week. So I like I like what they've done. So I'm glad we're not getting all the answers. I just feel like they could be painting a picture a little bit better than what they are, mm. just to give us the setting, give us an idea of how this place works and why these guys might be stuck there. Yeah, or given that why they need to get away so desperately. Given that it's such a departure from previous seasons we us as viewers as well as the team are so fish out of water yeah i feel like of the three episodes we've seen so far this was the weakest in terms of helping us catch up and figure out 
what's what's going on mm. like in setting up the world setting up the rules of what what everything is mm. and then us finding a way out of it because obviously we know that they're going to get back to wherever they need to be at some point mm. but it's yeah we need to kind of just yeah set up the world a little bit more mm. and then we can sort of kick off kick off from there because there's still from the first shot of the first episode that the bald guy like we spent all that we there was oh, like, yeah. there was like a 3 minute montage wasn't it of yeah. him going for a swim and taking a shower before he goes and gets them yeah so I was like, well, I hope that. That's got to have. I'm, I'm hoping that maybe something? when Fitz, because again, Fitz isn't in Still this. No there's, there's no present day Earth stuff, which I know I was questioning a little bit last week, but I'm actually growing to really like that because we're not getting any relief from this setting. You know, we mm. need all the stakes and all the tension, all the concern to be placed fully on this future. Earth is f***ed up situation mm. rather than just giving us a bit of levity like, oh, this guy's working on it. Don't worry. Obviously, it's not permanent. They will get back to their own time and they will, you know, cross over with future Marvel films or whatever. They will get back to Earth and probably take on Hydra again. I mean, who knows? But <laughs> we don't need that constant reminder that we don't need to be worried about them every yeah. week. You know, oh, this episode starts off bad, but don't worry. Look, there's Fitz. We can see him running experiments on, you know, an old monolith or whatever so yeah. I, i'm I, i'm kind of happy that, that that was the case although when they found that recording you know bouncing off um um that that fragment of earth and i'm like oh is this an old fitz recording or something but then it, it was someone talking to virgil now we yeah. haven't you know fully grasped exactly what that was or where these people have come from uh obviously they're on earth as much as tess no you don't understand people don't people go there to die and i'm like yeah but it's not like it's impossible for people to live there. Obviously, that guy that they framed with the guy... Well, he had a gun, but they still dubbed him in yeah. and got sent down at the end of the episode. He just got attacked by, like, alien creatures. It's not like sticker on the earth and the gas is going to kill you or there's no atmosphere. You can survive there. So the idea that someone can, at least for a little while, we may as well assume that there are some kind of yeah. earth-based rebels out there trying well, and to free the, people. The layout was really confusing for a little bit. I kind of both love and hate kind of what they did. Because in the end of the first episode, you know, May and Gemma are in that ship and we see like the big main sort of husky mm. crust bit of Earth and then just heaps of, you know, asteroids and debris. Yeah. And like almost the core of the Earth, where that, like that was almost visible. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, you can see almost like the the magma still just burning like a glow, there or yeah. something. Yeah. And then start of the second episode, we find well, we're actually in that core because it does that zoom in. Yeah. Really? And the lighthouse is, is in that. Yeah. But then I'm like, so what? Gemma and May took that ship, flew it all that way out, mm. just so that they could turn around and look at where they were yeah. to see that crust. And then the similar thing in this episode mm. is we go, we've got to find... I, I did like the little... Um, you probably won't notice it, but the um, the little nod to um, Earth 616. Oh, no, no, no. I've written oh, that did? down. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. brilliant. It was such a cool, like little, almost little Easter egg out there. Like, oh, it's a... It, what the biggest fragment of Earth that's out there? Yeah. It's, oh, it's fragment six one six. I'm like, no. But there then we go. it wasn't. So they leave the big main crusty bit of Earth. Where we the, probably should where explain the... before you say that anyone listening, like Earth six one six. Oh like, yeah, I know, I'm here talking about this show, and it's not like I'm in the know. Like I, forgot, I just managed. I forgot to pick we were up... recording. I just <laughs> it was just you and me having conversations. Yeah. Oh, Mitch knows what six one six is. We can move on. Yeah. So well, in, in, I'll, get, it, I'll say from the from the layman's point of view because I don't know that I know the answer properly, but it's like. In the Marvel world, there is essentially the multiverse mm. and that Earth-616 is our Earth, is the main Earth the that MCU we follow. Earth. The MCU Earth for all intents yeah. and purposes, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, cool. Okay, so yeah, yeah and it wasn't coming from there. It was merely like bouncing off there. Yeah, so as here's a the diversion. annoying part: is so we left the big main crust bit of Earth, mm. flew to six one six, and then it was bouncing off it. The actual big chunk of six one six wasn't that very. No, it wasn't didn't that big. Seem very no. big compared to the big chunk we're on, mm. and then we flew back. So I love the science of it because if you think about it, what we find out is these rebels or whoever's transmitting seem to be living on that top crusty mm. part of the Earth. Well, there's no line of sight for them to commute, like from space communication point of view. Yeah. There's no line of sight for them to communicate with the lighthouse mm. because it's kind of underground in that core. So they're projecting their signal out to 616 as a direct line of sight through all the asterism. Then 616 is kind of bouncing it back mm. on a different angle. So you can, you can pick it up. Sort of. So I liked that, mm. but I just didn't like the fact that they had to do that when they're kind of just above them. Mm. I was, I was, so I'm interested to see how that plays out. Yeah. But I was, yeah, I was a little bit confused just because there's been so many sort of money shots of this big crust of earth mm. making it. Remember when like the bus sort of drifted by at the end yeah, of the first yeah, yeah. episode? And it's like, well, how far, like Gemma and May were so far away from that. Yeah, I know. I, 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 but again, then I keep, it turns out they left from there. Yeah. So, I keep yeah. saying the term paint the picture, but that's what I, it, it, that confused me. I mean, mm. when I first saw that, when, when you got uh, Gemma and, and May, I just figured they were on, the outpost was far away from the earth. You know, they're out there trying to dodge asteroids basically. And so when they were trying to fly towards, you know, safety or whatever, they saw the earth, you know, and then mm. up until when we, even when we saw that zoom in, zoom in, zoom in, oh, this is where they are. This is the outpost. But then in this episode, you had Coulson, he's in, they're all on that ship. They're flying out. And he's like, look, I mean, we all may be messed up and the earth may be gone, but it's a pretty spectacular view, isn't it? Up here in space. And you're like, oh yeah, yeah I guess it kind of is. And then they just managed to like turn around. They looked at the earth and he like, it was like, he just learnt the earth had blown up. He was like, Oh my god! And I'm like, what? Yeah, are you, it's like what are you talking that's about? Literally, where you came? You literally from. probably just saw like England float past before. Like, yeah. I don't know. I just it, it's I it's still, I'm still catching up it's, trying it's to figure out exactly like, where they are. It's almost like the the visual effects guys didn't get a copy of the script. Yeah. You know, and yeah. what they've made is beautiful. I think mm. some of the best CG work that's ever been done. Oh, on, I can't um, get over watching those shots of, 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 of the Earth. I think it's amazing. Yeah. But yeah, it just doesn't quite tie into what's going on. It's I almost feel like there needed to be a couple of larger chunks of Earth. But mm. There seems to only be the one, and mm. the amount of debris you see around it seems to kind of you know fit. Yeah, because then it's almost like okay, well, is um, what was that that chick's name that you mentioned before? Um, the other oh, um, Lady Baja. Baja. It's like well, imagine if the Earth had been split into like three equal chunks, something like that, and it's like Baja was in control of one chunk. And Cassius was in charge of another chunk, and they were, you know, rivals or something like that. Mm. That'd make sense. Like, if she had her own version of the lighthouse in her chunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's on a ship doing her own sort of thing. So, I, and I kind of feel like Cassius has all of the Earth, mm. or what's left of it, as his domain. So, yeah, I'm still a little bit confused um, as to, yeah, just that, just that layout. We're talking about the broken Earth. I know we mentioned it last week, and I was a bit like, why the friggin' hell didn't Daisy call out Zeke? Deke for about going, oh, I didn't blow up the earth. Why, why, why would you say that? And she does, like the start of this episode, she's like, I never did that. Okay, I don't have any memory of that. I left earth, it was fine, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, well, have you ever heard of the multiverse? You probably haven't, you dumbass. It's like, oh, calm down, mate. She's pretty good. I did like when she slapped him and she's like, was that in my universe? Or yeah, yours? that was fantastic. Was like, well and so I liked, I'm like, okay, cool. Let, let's roll with this theory for a little while. He's like, well, there's a, a multiverse 
theory. So maybe in your universe you didn't do it, but in mine you did. And now you've been transported here, so it's your mm. fault. I'm like, that still doesn't make any sense mate like no i get why you go oh you've got the same face or the same powers as the person that did that and my reality version of you did it so i will blame you but i still if that's the case and i still would have liked like one line of dialogue where he's like it's not your fault but i can't help but blame you or something like where it just it just seemed like such a stupid excuse like i don't like you because you did that i know you didn't do it but you did yeah let us know that the um obelisk that transported them there is a time and dimension obelisk or something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that, because they're still kind of theorizing all that sort of stuff. I guess I know we're asking a lot for sort of three episodes in, but it's I'd rather be just strapped in and enjoying the ride because I know the rules to this world, mm. rather than kind of you know trying to go. Oh, there's a plot hole there. Oh, I don't know what's going on. Oh, mm. it's, yeah, it's it's hard. I found myself really worrying about uh, the young inhuman girl. Like, it was a really nice moment. Like, you know, Gemma gets sent to look after and develop her powers, and she's only got, like, eight minutes to do it before she's sent in to face, like, this giant behemoth. Yeah. And even though she won, I was still convinced somewhat, and I was going to question myself, like, why did they even bother doing it if they were going to kill her? But I honestly thought that Lady Baja was going to kill her at the end. She was going to die still somehow just break Gemma's heart, but set up, that's what they're doing is that they've you know, got all these people working for them, but they're finding in humans and they're doing something with them. They're pitting them against each other for sport. They're building an army. Who knows, you know? Cause, but I, I still like the idea that the it Kree, did... I was going to say like thousands of years after they obviously first made contact with the Earth and started experimenting on humans, which has really come into the forefront the last couple of years, mainly on S.H.I.E.L.D., obviously, um, that even in this future, the Kree is still wanting to see the after effects of experimenting with humans mm. from Yeah, it did ago. seem a bit like a cockfight. It's like, okay, well, Baja shows up with her champion, and Cassius is really wanting a champion, so that's why he's doing his, you know, experimenting with his Inhumans. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, let's let's have our Pokemon fight <laughs> and see who wins and who wins is, you know, is better. Yeah. But uh, that was that was a cool um, power to give that girl. It's like Kitty Pride. Awesome. yeah. But then the flip side to that of being able to increase her density as well rather than sort of face shift, she can just... Yeah, I really liked that. Yeah, that was and it was a pretty cool thing to watch. Yeah, when she first got hit and that guy like 90 degree arm and you, I was waiting for his bone to pop out mm. of like where his elbow is. Because this show, like, I know that they moved to a later time slot at the beginning of last season over in the States. It went from, like, you know, 9 to 10 or something like that. Either way, they were allowed to play with a little bit more violence, uh, more so than the first three seasons. So Ghost Rider was doing some pretty sick shit. Yeah, well, the blood on her arm as well. Yeah, the blood on her arm. um, I was waiting again to see the bone pop out. Um, uh, Whatever the chick was with the balls, um, who managed to speak for the first time, but Cassius' chief little uh, henchman, Last week, and did she do it again this episode? I'm blurring them now. But when she's like, shoots the balls off, and they're like, punch through people's heads. There was blood splatter. I'm like, this... She's done it a couple of times. She yeah. did someone in episode two, and then in this episode, did she do it to the slave that Gemma saved? Or was that... No, that was last episode, wasn't it? When she, when yeah. she did it to the slave. Yeah, yeah. Because he had the, the thing in his chest and, and stuff like just, that. Like, I'm like, oh, I appreciate it, because then you get to... Just have a little bit more, you know, stakes about well, it. Well, yeah, and... when she's just walking around with a couple of balls in her hand, it's like, oh, how deadly can they be? Yeah, like, especially what's... whenever, every time Gemma looks like she's going to question anything, you just hear, wah, 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 and this girl <laughs> just looks at her and, like, almost shows the balls. And I'm like, 
any any other time I'd go whatever. But I've seen what that chick can do with those things, and the fact that she's a little bit jealous. Like you had Cassius go up to her, whatever her name is, and I should learn it after two weeks, and say to her, "Are you a little bit jealous because I find Gemma attractive or or pretty? I find her pretty." Mm. And it's kind of he's not just using her because he's a human and she's like a bit of a, a guinea pig, but he actually does have a, an attraction to her, and even though she's human, and he just wants to keep her around. And this, you know, female version of his species probably doesn't want to be in a relationship with him but doesn't like to share his attention or something yeah. like it's it's kind of fun and the fact that yeah she can she can speak but only when she wants to say something really goddamn well, menacing she's not even throwing a punch yet yeah like she's only used her little benoit balls to um yeah, yeah, yeah. to take people out i should, probably shouldn't call them that it's very rude <laughs> But that's just the first thing I thought of. Yeah. <laughs> now, you mentioned it before, and I know we don't do it on this show, at least haven't started yet, but we do do it on our DC TV, so I couldn't help but think about it. And we do it best and worst. And the best part was something you did already mention, that um, uh, yo-yo run. That was amazing. Like, especially when old mate's in there checking his book, he's eating his breakfast, and you see his computer. Like, she was obviously making those runs. He's like, yeah. oh, you things in the fritz, takes it off, conveniently turns sideways. And we've seen her run fast, use her power on this show before, but never with the effects that you're seeing, like the after shadow, you know. The after image, yeah. After image of her running. And that looked really, all the while her hair is moving in slow motion and the idea that she ran and rather than stop and pick up the thing, because once she stops, she goes back, but runs, picks up the tablet on the way through and I'm like where's she going and runs it through and Daisy's just sitting there with her hands out waiting and just pops it in her hand just zip straight back and then the old bloke's looking at it like oh this will fix it like just looked really cool and just going back to what we were saying before about kind of the weird sort of plot hole and and that stuff that I was talking about is for a second I thought when I I said you know everyone goes through Terry Genesis Mm. and I was like oh well the metrics must inhabit their powers yeah 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 but then when yo-yo is using her powers and oh okay so they're not inhabiting a power so these people are all must all be human they're not inhumans so not everyone has powers now what do you think Um, about daisy because is she gonna have do you think her powers will be muted somehow they're gonna have some other device because they've made her so powerful yeah like her the her quake power seems to be able to do whatever the hell she wants she can fly with it now Mm. she can do it i think it's it's too useful to just because it can solve any any problem, mm. she's going to get hit with one of those little restraining little things in her ear, like the the density shifting girl had. I reckon. Yeah, she'll get she'll get caught, and yeah, well, yeah, she was betrayed at the end. Was yeah at, at the end when Deke, yeah, just betrayed like, her. Yep. Yeah. So I uh, yeah I reckon she'll um she'll probably try and hide the fact that she has powers, mm. but because she's used them on Deke, he'll give her away that she's an inhuman, and they'll, and they'll put one of those things there. Because it's probably an expensive effect, too. Yeah. <laughs> Where possible, they've save got to, it. They've got to put her on wires. Like, when she was running around, and remember, she's sort of dropping down. Yeah. From that big, she, that's a lot of wire work, so yeah. that's expensive. Well, and, and uh, that fight that was almost, well, in the elevator, and, you know, she's, like, perched above them, you know, under the light. She's like, I really thought this would really work, and she work. drops down, line. punches them, fights, kicks, whatever, and I'm like, you're a great martial artist. I'm like, I'd be using my quake powers now. I'd be using my quake yeah. powers now. But I, if you use that all the time, then what's the point of having her face any kind of adversary because she can beat them? So I get that. Yeah. But I'm like, oh, I'd she's be using, using her ma- She's using her Melinda May powers, yeah. not her inhuman powers. <laughs> so I'm wanting her to use it a little bit more, but it's mm. not like she's iron fisting it where it's like, I've got this uncontrollable power in my hands. I'm going to use it three times a season. Yeah. So better than that. 
But um, yeah, it it, it is it is probably something they're going to have to limit over the next couple of episodes while they do whatever yeah. with it. But do you think prediction for episode four mm. does Coulson or I guess Coulson's got to be part of it? Are they going to that chunk next week, or we're we gonna? Fart us around up on the station for uh, for another episode, or are they going down to Earth to find who's been um, FaceTiming Virgil? They'll they'll go back to the lighthouse in Birthbit and they'll they'll chat. Because mm. remember, they were worried about deviating their course to get to six one six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they'd have to have a reason to take the ship up to the top to mm. go and find out whatever that is. So they'll they'll probably have to go and probably kill that bald guy that they're working for before they can um, mm. get up there and. And have a look. I I predict maybe they'll end up pitting Daisy up against that little girl. Ugh. That'd be... Yeah, it's heartbreaking. Because yeah. then Gemma has to watch. Right? Yeah, right. fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But um, you were alluding to the sort of best of and worst of for the episode that you guys do with your DC. I did want to mention my worst of for this episode. And that's the... They're bringing back the whole Colson May love story I'd, And thing. I'd forgotten about that. Well, it was for so much of it was with the LMD. Yeah. And I didn't really like it then, but I was like, oh, well, obviously the LMD is going to be destroyed, so it won't be a problem. Yep. But maybe it's because I'm just like a... What do they call it? A toxic bachelor. Like, <laughs> you know, I love my single life. I hate when they unnecessarily couple people. Yeah. And if you think about it, Yo-Yo and Mac are together. Mm. Gem, uh, Fitz and Simmons are together. They're now going to put Coulson and May together. Mm. That's six out of seven of your main characters. Then it just leaves Daisy, who's probably still, you know... Pining after ha- Lincoln. Pining after Lincoln. So it's like, oh, do we really need... To? And it to me, that limits what you can do mm. in terms of bringing in other characters that could be potential love interests or, you know, things... I'm just like, nah, I don't know. Yeah. And I, it was only, what, season three that May lost her ex-husband. Mm. Um, what, what did he turn into? He was uh, Lash. Yeah. So I feel like, and if you think about it, season four only took place over a couple of months, didn't it? And I mean, from where we are in uh, season, most, f- yeah, and from where we're in season five, it takes place like three days after for them in mm. in three days ago they were in the framework, yeah. So I'm like, has Melinda had enough time to mourn Lash mm. and be ready to? I just the vibe I get from May is is after everything that happened when she became the cavalry and all that sort of stuff, she kind of cut herself off from mm. people. And while it is a nice story arc for her to open herself up again to yeah. love and, and you know, does it have to be with Coulson? Yeah. Can't, can't a man and a woman just be friends without there being sexual tension? Yeah. I And yeah, even if it had to be someone within the team, I just, I just don't see them as a couple. It just doesn't seem like it fits their, their personalities, their role within the team. I don't know. It just doesn't seem, I don't know. It doesn't, doesn't mm. seem like it should work. Maybe it will. Maybe maybe they'll take the gamble. Maybe but... it's just because I want Ming Na for myself. I don't know. And hey, who could blame you, mate? Oh, jeez. Ever since she was Chun Li back in the nineties, <laughs> and she hasn't aged a day. She I know. has not aged a day since nineteen ninety five when she was Chun Li. <laughs> it's ridiculous. She did have a really good moment though. When I don't know what they're talking about. Coulson's upbeat as he always is, and she said, you know, that she was in the framework thinking she was Hydra for so long, and. All this other shit they've been through, and she was, you know, strapped to a, a, a wall for weeks. All this sort of shit, and she's like, "Now this, we, we didn't even rest. Now this shit." She mm. I've earned a night in my own bed, and I actually rewound and watched it again because after she said that, in like her way that she does talk when she does those lines, where she finally opens up her teeth, she just sort of talks, you know, with her lips. No emotion. But, no emotion. Yeah, no emotion. But her eyes darted from side to side. 
you know, and hey, that could have been her looking at something on set, but it was like she was trying to hold back tears. And yeah. it's like, I've earned a night and just, you know, left, right, left, right, That's left, right, left, right. That's all Ming-Nan. And I'm like, that is such a tiny moment in this episode. But the weight you just put on that, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I fully bought whatever she was just doing there. I just, that was really, you know really I, beautiful. Do you know how I know that's her? She, uh, the act, Ming Nara is actually in Stargate uh, Universe. Yeah, that's right. As a character there. Yeah. And there's an episode in the second season, I want to say, where they, they use the communication stone and she switches bodies with somebody and she switches body with somebody who has ALS. Mm. And she's basically just, she can only act with like her eyes mm. and, and, and her base. I think from the neck down, she's paralyzed. Yeah, well. Um, and it's heartbreaking. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's all her. That's that's her playing the subtext, which I really, really enjoy. No, it's cool. I, I'm just so glad she's still there. I found myself thinking that about Daisy. I'm like, you know, Chloe Bennett, she's been here since day one. You know, you're five seasons into this show, but then so's Clark Gregg. He's been playing this character now for 10 years. He probably started playing them and yeah. shooting 11 and a half years ago. Like, I just love that they're, they're sticking around. Obviously, Ming-Na as well. Like, she's been there since the since the first episode. Obviously, uh, you know, Fitz and Simmons as well. So, I'm glad that this show has grown the way it has, but it's really finding its stride in, like, its fourth and fifth season. Mm. And we haven't lost the main characters yet. It'd be, it'd be such a shame if this show finally went, this is what we are. This is, this is how we do what we do. Ah, we're going to bring in a whole new cast to do it. You know, uh, the, the, those original cast members deserve to be in the best version of this show that it could be. And not that I, I I've never hated this show. I've always enjoyed watching it, but it's it's certainly more it, consistently it has better. Every now and then, yeah. every now and then they kind of like we were saying before, something they could do in twelve episodes, they do in eighteen, mm. and it's like, oh, you could have just trimmed some of the fat there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, nowhere near as bad as the Belantiverse. I mean, they, you know, <laughs> no, they do need to. They've got. They do need to shorten up. They've got two episodes worth of plot, and they do it for an entire season. <laughs> um, I'm not even joking. Oh um, yeah, they do. They do need to have those yeah. seasons. And I don't know why you could like the, these are these are heroes with rogues galleries. Like, have half a season with one bad guy, half a season with another. Don't give us mm. five seasons, and what do you got? Are oh, five bad guys? You know, main bad guys. Obviously, they have other minions and 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 whatnot, and villains of the week pop up. But you know, big arcing threats you know there's i don't see why we can't have shorter seasons because then it's essentially like you're giving us two seasons in one you know but you yeah. still it's still costing the same amount of money to make so this show again it's only taken it until like it's fourth season to really work out that we can do more than one story in one season uh i mean right now i feel like i've just watched one episode and it's been three weeks so yeah. this this ep- this story is really slowly well, trickling it's out so and- separate from everything else it's almost you don't you could almost have never seen an episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm. and you could start on season five. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Because they give you enough in the flashbacks and it's yep. like you don't need to know all the history of Inhuman. It's like, oh, those two chicks over there have powers. Okay, mm. sweet. And you don't you really need to know what's going on because the characters don't know what's going That's on. It. So We're as long as you know as that they, you're We're, we're as much in the dark as they are with yep. stuff. Um, they, don't, they don't have their backup. They don't have all their wonderful gadgets that we don't know about until mm. the plot needs them. Yeah, you know? Yeah. Like, Phil, they said early on, Phil's just got his, his civvy hand. Yeah. There's no there's no tricks in it. <laughs> yeah. So there's no tricks he's pulling out of that hand. Yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I'm looking forward to episode four on uh, next Tuesday, 7 Flicks, 7.30. I think across the board now that uh, Daylight Savings has finally 
wrapping up for another year and us boys stuck here in Queensland, we have to sort of deal while the rest of the country gets ahead of us and <laughs> comes back on par. So check your local guide, Seven Flicks, Tuesday nights where you can catch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We're heading into episode four. If you're joining us for the first time, you can catch all of our old uh, podcasts, whether they be the DC chats uh, that, Ma- uh, that Maddie loves so much or Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode one and two podcast reviews as well as all of our old movie reviews as well. We've been doing this for a couple of years, so you can uh, go back, join in the fun. Oh, mate, the back catalogue. Oh, mate, oh, mate. Tell you what. From the highs of, you know, your Star Wars Force Awakens to the lows of, you know, Batman v Superman and Cloverfield, Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad and back up again. The killing for... joke. I feel like there's a lot of downers on DCs. Hmm, interesting. Okay, I shouldn't have mentioned that with Matt in the room. <laughs> <laughs> you can check that out on our podcast, SoundCloud and iTunes. They're obviously uh, the main base for that, but you can find them wherever you find your uh, your podcast. Uh, and subscribe there and listen right into the show. Get into geek at gmail.com or find us on the social pages. Like, uh, subscribe, Follow whatever you do on those Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Get in touch. Say hi. Spread the love of all the stuff we're talking about. Let us know some other stuff. If you want us to uh, have a look at uh, some new stuff coming out, you want us to go back and review some old gear, suggestions are welcome. Write in and let us Always. know. Uh, in the meantime, myself, you can catch me, Mitch underscore Lewis. Let's talk some geek stuff. That's on Twitter and Instagram. Maddie, you need to do more of that, Mitch. I don't think you talk enough geek stuff. I know. I know. <laughs> I haven't seen my kids in about three years. <laughs> Apparently, I've got a new one. I don't know. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Uh, at Maddie on Instagram. Nice work. We'll see you back uh, next week. More Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. talk for Episode 4. Get into geek.com.